podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Get in there. Aston Villa 1, Arsenal nearly. It's the post-match point in association with Purity on the Villa View. I'm joined by Neil, as as he seems to be every week at the moment, and Ty Bracey as well, who's got a bit of a COVID scare, but he's OK, to come on and talk about Aston Villa winning. And boys, backs against the wall at, at times, some, some monumental defending, some great work right all round. And I, I'll come to you first, Neil. A great result. Great to beat Arsenal because they're in and around us at the moment. A fantastic result, you know. Um, we are way better. It did, this is just proof again that we are way better protecting a lead. We're way better front runners again, and and it's something that if you look back through it, um, we we tend not to give away points now, which is completely alien to Aston Villa, historical Aston Villa team, to not give away points from leading positions. And look, we couldn't have. We couldn't have shown that any better today. I scored a goal in the first 90 seconds and then basically, you know, held on to it throughout the course of the game. And while Arsenal had loads and loads and loads and loads of possession, you know, we, we coped admirably with it. We really did well. Matty Cash was outstanding. Mings was outstanding. Nakamba was really good. Barkley ran his socks off. You know, a lot of players that we would have we would have looked at and maybe said were tired didn't look too tired outside there today for backs against the wall uh, a wall's uh, performance. And I'm uh, that those kind of performances are nerve wracking, but I love them. I love them, and they're the one, they're the ones that get you into Europe. They're the ones that will get you get you up the table, and they're the ones that will uh, they will really uh, I suppose get the get the team themselves feeling good about themselves as they go through now into a relative barren period of football where they only play once a week. Yeah, I mean, thank God we're sacking off Wednesday for a week because Villa seemed to play on Wednesday, Ty. We seem to concede three and lose, but three Saturdays in a row now we've won with with clean sheets. It's, it's ridiculous, really. I'm not, I'm not sure what goes on on a Wednesday. I mean, I'm uh, I'm over the moon more so for the fact that I've got Emmy Martinez in my fantasy Premier League and I'm like ranked 700 in my own league, so it's about time I uh, stormed up a little bit. So, uh, but yeah, we do the double over Arsenal for the first time in you know nearly 20 20 years, which is which is outstanding, you know, and it's a another record that Smiths broke, which is. Uh, you know, which is great for him. Um, third third time in a row we've 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 done Arsenal. We appear to be their bogey team now. Um, Good. When when one nil up early on, mate, I thought that's it. I thought here we go. Going to be a thriller. This is going to be like five or six goals in this. But uh, as Neil said, mate, defensively brilliant. You know, back four and Martinez. That save from that free kick. Oof, my goodness, I? unreal. Yeah, Unreal. he showed some. Uh, he showed some spring there, didn't he? he got he got he got some uh, some some air time, some hang time to, to make that save. Neil, I'm going to come in early with this because in the comments, Mings has been. I, I'm not saying Mings doesn't make mistakes because all footballers make mistakes, all defenders make mistakes, and Mings has made mistakes. But he's been an excellent defender for Villa over the last few years. But today, he did literally nothing wrong. He he was flawless, and he got a man of the match off Martin Keown here on, on BT Sport and. A, I just thought he was—he was a brick wall. He was so so good. Yeah, that, that was—I could see why Martin Keown would have loved that type of type of performance because what Mings did really well today was he was just no nonsense and he he can't he concentrated on the defending. Um, not to say that he doesn't do that, uh, no more games than not, but you know 
as like a lot of defenders in this day and age, they all fancy themselves they can take the ball down and play. And Tyrone Mings absolutely can. He was left back before he was before he moved into the centre. And, uh, you know, being able to put in performances like that where you just get your head on absolutely everything. You just get your foot on absolutely everything as it's going past you. Uh, it's a lot. Some, it, it summed it up there at the very end. I think the ball came out to, uh, it was either Pepe or Odegaard in, in, in injury time. And Mings just literally just just snuck in and took the ball off him. And, and, and he looked as fresh as a daisy at 95 minutes as he did at zero minutes. And just just really good stuff. That That's the entire Mings. He, his performance today was like a performance he used to give in the championship. Um, and, and and people wondered whether we would whether whether he would kick on to the Premier League level, and he absolutely has. He's in the England squad. Yeah, look, there are a couple of times where maybe he overcommits uh, from from time to time. Uh, he didn't do it today, and all we can do is just heap praise on him because he's a real like he was a real leader and a real steadying influence back there. And, and I just love the partnership with Kanza too. The two boys are are as cocky and as confident in, in their own abilities as a centre back needs to be, and it's just beautiful to see. Yeah, Ty, there was some, I say Ty, obviously we're talking about Ty as well, Tyrone Mings. Some of his individual defending was brilliant. Like in the first half, he, he snuffed one out when he was left a little bit exposed and he got his angle like Martin Keown said, absolutely spot on, got got there. Some goal-saving blocks as well and challenges in his own six-yard box where he's put himself in the way. He kind of felt like, not that he's got nothing to prove to me, I think he's absolutely brilliant, but he kind of felt like he was out there today trying to prove that he is one of the best coming up against a side like Arsenal. Yeah, he's uh, he's took. You know, I won't say abuse. You know, you're always going to get a, a, an occasional few fans in in every fan base where they probably take their negative comments a little bit too far. It'd be questioning whether he deserves his place. And I think today, he just you know, he, he put the nail in the head and said, you know, this is what I'm about. You know, he, he does make those mistakes from now and again, but today, everything, mate, absolutely everything, a brick wall. I mean, when Konza got that yellow. I thought he might have lost his head a little bit. I thought you've got to be really careful here. Um, you know, you're at a point still in the first half where you've got a yellow. And uh, it's been quite a bit of controversy around that yellow. But, you know, as Neil said towards the end, when Pepe had that horrible first touch, just does everything to get to the ball. Everything that came on goal as well, he was just outstanding. You know, there was times he, uh, he more than had Martinez's back, you know. So, um, 10 out of 10 with that performance today, mate. Yeah, the, the whole battle line was superb throughout. But Neil, it was a it was a fantastic start. Ninety seconds in, and uh, Triore, who for me he's got he's got to be in the team because he just gives us so much, gives us something different. He nips in, capitalises on a mistake, and that pass he made into Watkins isn't actually an easy pass, but he's yeah. made it look so easy with the outside of his boot. And Watkins has had a bit of luck with the with the deflection, and it, and it's found its way into the corner. But to be fair, there's been a number of times this season where he's had no look at look at all. It's just it's just a, a brilliant goal, and as I say, Triore, he has to start really now, doesn't he? Ah, look, he's 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 full of energy. I've no problem with with, with Trezeguet coming on for him when he did as well. But yeah, that worked know, well actually. It really did. You know, you you, you play you play your heart out for sixty minutes, and Triore did that. His tracking back today was really good. Uh, I nearly missed the goal at the start, and I must make a confession. I came in just as Cedric kind of dallied on the ball slightly, but I had to deal with a with almost a, a life-threatening situation. There was a spider in the kitchen that had to be exterminated. So, uh, yeah. This, uh, uh, yeah, so I had I had to deal with that first because uh, there was a hostage situation going on uh, because it was near the door. But uh, after that, was after I defused the situation when I came in, I saw Cedric giving away the ball and uh, then Ollie Watkins scored. 
And uh, yeah, it was, but but uh, like Troyer's tracking today, you could see it was noticeably better. I think the I think the 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 shuffle of the of the midfield, going to call it really a midfield five, really was was very very good today. Jack Grealish, Jack Grealish is just superb. I know you didn't ask me a question about it, but he's just yeah. outstandingly good. And and it's like it's it seems silly to even have to say it, but like he's everywhere. He's just brilliant, and and he should be in. He should be in the international team when it comes to when it comes to picking it, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, it's, look, I, I just, just delighted with Troy. I delighted with that. The whole shuffle from the whole midfield today was really, really good. And look, the elephant in the room, I suppose, Dan, as well is, you know, Nakamba started and Douglas Louise didn't. We haven't even mentioned that. You no. know, there was talk about international incidents. There was nearly an international incident on Twitter before the game. You know, because it was a strange, it was a strange decision. And and look, you, hindsight is twenty twenty, but you can only um. You can only you can only give props to to Dean Smith for that as well. Bring in bring in both Traore and Nakamba back into the team because it obviously worked in the first half and and for the whole game. To be fair, from to Nakamba, when he's come in this season so far, Ty, he's he's actually done really really well. Done done nothing wrong at all. But I think there is the the foundations of Dean Smith's favourite eleven and nine times out of ten that eleven will play. But with Nakamba, he kind of goes under the radar because if you think about the likes of Trezeguet, Louise, Consa, the players that came in last summer. The ones we talk about how they've now been here a while and they've made an improvement. Well, Nakamba hasn't really had a chance to, sh- to show that too much. So actually, he's kind of flying under the radar a bit. But when he's come in this season, to me, he's looked better than he was last season as well. So that that could be another success. And he's a handy squad player. Yeah, he's another player who's just had a, a season of experience in the Premier League, and he's found his feet there. Um, he did everything that was required of him today, and you know. If he had checked social media before the game, he probably would have had a meltdown, you know, because, you know, Villa Villa social media had a meltdown that Dougie had been dropped. And there's been times where we've all questioned what Dean's done since he's, taken, uh, he's taken over Villa. And we just have to trust in him and what he's, you know, he's obviously seen things in training that we're not. And you can see that today with his choice, that bringing on, that giving the Camber minutes that he's shown he's more than capable of being a rotation player, that we can give him minutes. As Neil said, I think bringing on uh, Trezeguet when he did, absolutely right worked. decision because Trezeguet's yeah, work rate, right? giving it the legs and his tracking back has been bang on. You know, Trezeguet's work rate's been outstanding when he, when he's getting minutes, you know, so I definitely think he made the right, the right substitution there. I think bringing on Jacob Ramsey as well, everyone's screaming for Sanson to come on, but you've got to remember he hasn't been in the squad long. And Jacob Ramsey's going to know exactly what Dean Smith wants from him with 15 minutes to go up one the look. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And there is that exactly. side, you know. So I try and take a step back away from social media when it comes to people looking at things in a negative light, especially when it comes to manager, you know, managerial decisions, because you can see today it worked. Defensively, we're brilliant. We're brilliant going forward. You know, there was a few chances where we could have scored. Traore with a chip could have slotted it in the bottom left. But again, hasn't got long to think about it. You know, you've got half a second, you either get it, you know, one or two places you can shoot, you either get it right or wrong. It's not an issue. We've come away with three points. Dean's made the right decisions. I couldn't be happier, mate. I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there with, with Sanson. He's probably had more game time. Well, had, there's been more games and he's probably had training sessions since, since he's joined. He hasn't had a chance to, to be drilled and, and get in the Dean Smith way, get in the Villa method at the moment of defending and going forward. To throw him on in a game that's so tight like that, Neil, and, it, and it's 1-0 up. And it's in the balance of the game. He could have gone either way. Those two subs were, were excellent because Trezeguet, Villa noticed, Dean Smith noticed, and his coaching staff, 
They'd got Saka and Pepe playing left at the time, and they were overloading down that side. And just having the freshness of Trezeguet down there really helped out Matty Cash at, at that point. I didn't like to see Traore go off because I, I really like him. But it was an excellent decision. Starting the Camber was an excellent decision. And you got it and not bringing Sanson on, I think, again, that, that's an excellent decision because you can't just throw someone into the, into the Lions' den like that. It's not going to come off. So there does have to be some trust. And there is some, some grave overreactions at times to stuff that's going on and unfolding during games. Yeah, I, I made a comment that uh, I... I... There was, I did not have a crack at the guy who, who I was chatting to on Twitter, but uh, because it was actually a good point, they kind of said, Listen, why have we signed Sansan? Why have we spent 40 million on Sansan if he doesn't bring him on? And, and, and my rebuttal was, Well, why have we developed, why have we developed uh, Jacob Ramsey? You know, that's, that's the converse to it. I think the reason for bringing on Ramsey is exactly what Ty said and exactly what you said there. Dean Smith values his system. Think of it this way. This system got us out of an absolute mire last year when no one gave us a chance. We were statistically down. The system got us out. And I think that Dean Smith has to back that system until it really breaks down. And look, we've equaled our points total from last year. The system works. It really we've 17 works. 17 left. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And the system really works. We may not agree with the players that come in and out at times. And we can say this, and I can puff my chest out and say this in a, in a victory post-match pod. And maybe I, you know, I mightn't be as as vociferous about it if we had lost today. But you have, like Dean Smith, has to back his system. If he starts changing his system the whole time, he doubt he he would doubt himself as a manager. And you have to have that managerial courage. So, bring bring players in that you know will be able to stick to the system and will know the the, the calls, the alignments, the assignments, and stuff like that from a midfield three. I think is really important. And it's not to say we won't see Morgan Sanson in in ten out of the next seventeen games, or we might even see him in seventeen of the next seventeen games. We but. The fact that we didn't see him today isn't an indicator of that Dean Smith doesn't like him. He's in the club ten days, I think, and 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 I'm 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 really looking forward to seeing him play. I'm really looking forward to see Jacob Ramsey play, and uh, I think we will see plenty of them before the end of the season is out. Yeah, I mean the other thing with with Sanson is I think he's been bought with an eye on next season as well. I don't think he's necessarily been bought in for this season because we're in such a good place. You can afford to bring someone in and bed them in slowly so that you're in an advantage. When the season starts next time round, he'll be fully up to speed. He's had a full pre-season, plus he's had cameos in the Premier League. I think Sanson is more for next season. If I'm being honest, there was an opportunity there to get him in, and we took it because, quite frankly, we've got excellent owners and we're lucky to be in a very fortunate financial position. just want to pick up on something you said, Ty, because I'm not having a go at you, but you used the word with Louise of, of dropped. It, it isn't really dropped, though, is it? People have been crying out for freshness in midfield, saying Louise and McGinn look tired. Essentially, yeah. he's, he's just been rested today. You'll probably see him back in at the next weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, exactly that, mate. It's been the legs. You can see that the the legs have been a problem. That COVID break, you know, it, it kicked us up the backside. Um, mm-hmm. I can see other other fans' frustrations when there there's equally as tied legs in other areas, you know, of midfield where there's other players, but equally there has to be somebody who they bring in with a fresh pair of legs. And you could see that Nakamba was fresh today. He didn't look stale. He didn't look rusty. He no. he went into there looking like he had just come from 90 minutes, you know, the week before. You know, he came in there, didn't make any mistakes and did exactly what was expected of him. Yeah, you're right. We probably will see Dougie in there um, again next week. Um, one stat that I picked up on with uh, BT Sport, which I think, you know, I'll put more of a positive spin on it as a controversial one. I think they said that's the first time we've won um, 11 games in a Premier League season in a decade. 
Again, Probably. like you know, just uh, we've seventeen games to spare. You know, we're just doing things that a lot of younger Villa fans haven't seen us do. Um, I can't see what. Um, no, I can't see that either. <laughs> um, I can't see what that says, but I'm assuming it's from Squawker Football, so it's some form of uh, statistics. Only walking stats versus Arsenal, isn't it? Wait a minute. I'm presuming, I'm presuming it's good. I'm presuming it's good news. Yeah, it's... <laughs> nice here there. It, it, it seems like it's all good news, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. <laughs> it's just one of those things, isn't it? You know, where there's, there's fans seeing things that they probably haven't seen since they were quite young. Um, or not seeing at all, you know, for the younger ones who are like, you know, let's say 12 to 18, you know, they, they probably don't even remember seeing a season where Villa have won 11 games in the Premier League. But one thing I'm not going to do, especially going forward, and that's exactly the nail on the head. If you look at the lineup announcement on Twitter, the replies meltdown, and then we've come out with three points and without any form of doubt of anything that Dean Smith has done today. Um, so I, I'm, I'm over the moon, mate, with whatever decisions he chooses going forward. Yeah, we will come on to Ollie Watkins, so it might be useful to get those stats up again when we start talking about him. But just following on from what we have been speaking about now, there's been tired physically, but also players can be tired mentally. And I think that's what caught, I think that's what caught us out more against West Ham. When a game's not going your way and it turns very quickly, like it, like it did against West Ham, where we find ourselves 2-0 down very quickly, mentally you can go. Today, we've had a good start. And play, players seem fresher because mentally something good's happened and, you, and you've got something to protect. So it's not just the, phys- the physically tired, it's the mentally tired thing as well, isn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and just once again, I suppose, uh, and we're all very much in agreement here. We're all kind of agreeing with each other's points and bouncing off yeah, each other's really points. Bo- it's really boring. Really boring. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just like like Ty said there, that um, I think probably most of the the I suppose the discussion in the pre-match uh, for the pre-match selection was the fact that yes, I think everybody agreed we needed ty- we we needed players in uh, for tired legs. But I suppose if 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 you were to pick any of the midfield three. To to the to the naked eye, it wouldn't have been uh, Douglas Louise. It would have been McGinn. It would have been uh, maybe Ross Barkley. And uh, as you said, there's mental tiredness, but it could have been anything. It could have been anything at all for the 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 mental Douglas Louise wasn't in there. He could have had a. Could be dehydrated. He mightn't have taken enough water. He could have had a lot of lactic acid uh, <laughs> the in his legs. He could have, could have never changed, Neil. Never could have changed. Had a in his neck or something like that. You you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. But uh, <laughs> I, I, look, as I say, there's tons and tons of different things. But um, you're right in the mental aspect of uh, of things. Is like like Douglas Louise as well is only 22 years of age. You know, he's not. Yeah. Ex- like, like he's an inexperienced player. He's played fantastic for this, and I want him back in the lineup. And I never want him to leave Aston Villa. But uh, he's not un- He's not unrotatable. I'm not going to use the word dropped. He's not unrotatable. Just like McGinn isn't unrotatable. Just like uh, like Barkley isn't unrotatable. I think really the only person that Dean Smith would nearly need to tell us now if he's going to rotate Jack in five weeks' time to let us get used to the idea of Jack Grealish not playing. No chance. No chance. <laughs> I think with everybody else, I think that they're, you know, that if they're showing signs of fatigue, if they're showing signs of maybe being tired, or if they maybe got a knock, maybe had a knock or something like that, uh, and the swelling hadn't properly gone down, could have been anything. But uh, mental tiredness exactly is definitely one of the things, and uh, all the substitutions, all the changes were very much vindicated with three points again today. Yeah, I mean, I've got the, that that tweet now. The producers kindly typed into our chat so I can read what was said, and someone who definitely isn't is unrotatable is Ollie Watkins. One, because he's so good. Two, because we haven't really got another striker. So most passes in the opposition half today, 28. Most duels contested, 19. Most aerial duels contested, 13. 
Most aerial duels, one, one, six. Most shots, four. Most shots on target, three. That's a, good, that's a pretty good day at the office. And again, unlucky not to come away with more ties, isn't it? Yeah, he is, mate. Sorry, I got a little bit distracted there. Look, I'm looking at it on my PC, and then I've seen the comments, Chris Dolan say Bardell out, and it's uh, it just tickled me a little bit. <laughs> what for? I've been I've been absolutely flawless so far. I'd say my performance so far has been up there with Ollie Watkins today in the, in the match. To be honest, statistically, I think, I, I think he's annoyed that he's not on a winning show. They're the ones that are the well, most that's fun. Why we do that. That's why we're on a show. That's why we do. when he's not here, we, we win. Honestly. Can we rotate Bardell? We'll be rotating you, Dolan, because I swear every time you, you watch a game on D team, come on, we lose. And Villa win. It'll be Dolan who keeps getting rotated. Yeah, mate. In, in regards to what you said with uh, with Ollie Watkins, mate, I, I couldn't be happier. I genuinely couldn't be happier. It, the 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 work rate, and I, I think it helps standing alongside Jack because. Jack works rate is echoed around the field and you can see that. I'm not saying everyone only works because of Jack, but if people see Jack giving 100%, everybody gives 100%. He sets the so to, yeah, he does, yeah. And when you see that type of energy being passed through to Watkins, you know, it, it massively helps. And he's massively, he's always chasing the ball when we're out of possession. He's always putting pressure on the defenders to get the ball back. He's always tracking back. There was a time with Jacob Ramsey, you might have to remind me because I got that excited. I can't remember exactly what happened apart from the shot. But there was a moment of greatness from Jacob Ramsey at the at the end where he's nearly slotted it in. You know, if he's put a bit more onto it, I mean, he could have passed it as well. But there was a, a moment of greatness we've seen from Jacob Ramsey going forward, which I think we haven't seen um, so far with him coming into the first team. But... Yeah, that work rate from Ollie Rockins, mate. You can just see, again, it's one of those things, isn't it? You know, we're doing the right business in the transfer market. And you can see people go, oh, my God, you're spending this amount of money on players. You know, look at where we are now. You know, he's coming in and doing 10 in his first season. And we've only Mm. just passed the halfway point this season. If he does a 20 bomb in his first season in the Premier League, that is some seriously impressive statistic. For I, mean, a I, think, player I, think, anyway. I think 15. I think 15 would be very impressive, and he's well on his way to, to getting 15. I mean, Neil, he's tactically, he's so, so good. Because there's times I noticed today when Barkley and Jack, not knocking them at all, sometimes they've got on driving runs. They don't always have the energy to then get back in and defend. Mm-hmm. Watkins drops into midfield and, and chases back and Harry's his engine and the way he's so tactically switched on, away from all the other stuff that he's good at, I just find that incredible. First full season as a striker as well, if I'm not mistaken, guys. Yeah. So let you know, I think he was moved after three or four yeah. games in the championship last year. At the top so, level as well. Exactly, he's learned. He's learning against you know against experienced players. But that that the, what you mentioned there is his work ethic is fantastic. He knows how to do it from being a being a, um, a wide player as well. Previously, you know, you know, slotting into the center, coming back, chasing back players. I know it doesn't work with everybody. I know it really doesn't work with every single player. You can't just go and pick a player from League One or League Two and bring him up to the Premier League and say, well, he's done his apprenticeship. But you can say it about certain players that might have the the you know the smarts to play the game. You see, look, Jamie Vardy is the one that comes to mind. And if Ollie Watkins keeps on going the way he's going, you're going to start talking about Ollie Watkins as being a Jamie Vardy type that stayed at Exeter longer than probably uh, the, the the footballing fraternity would have expected him to. Stayed at Brentford maybe a year longer than the footballing fraternity would have thought he did. And then he moves to Aston Villa probably at the right time when he felt he was right to make that jump as opposed to 
maybe coming up and being a bit part player. He's come into a very, very good situation, just like Jamie Vardy did with Leicester. And I'm not saying that the two are, are comparable in, in, in the, the lasting long, long um, legacy that they're going to have at the clubs. I absolutely hope they are. But I'm saying that uh, when you get a player like that, fans can get on board with them an awful lot more. People can get their other the, the players that play with them get on board with them an awful lot more, and they become iconic players within teams, you know. So I'm just delighted with it. His work ethic is there. He's been doing it up through the levels as he's come through. He's now hitting his prime with Aston Villa, and uh, you know we talk. You, you mentioned un, unrotatable for him as well, absolutely. And you know he doesn't. He never looks tired in games. And and another thing about him is, whenever he misses a shot, you know what I mean. Sometimes when strikers miss a shot, they're like, oh, that was unlucky. You know, you kind of get that look in their face, like, "Oh, I was, I was really unlucky there." You know, when he misses a shot, he's like, "I should have done better." And, and that kind of, yeah, it's it's a confidence yeah. of like, "Oh, I put that one wide. I should have done better. I should have scored there." And he he almost looks kind of upset with himself. He's not like, "Oh, that was a good shot." You know, he doesn't admire his work. And, and look, when he came into the when he came into the club, he's he, all his interviews have been spot on, and they've actually mentioned that about how kind of tough he is on himself. And I think he means it. It's not just the PR aspect from him. Now, and the other thing, Ty, is there's room for him to grow as well. He's got other levels to, to go to. We've seen through the season. He had that 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 spell of nine or ten games where he didn't score, but his all-round game, even at that point, I would say was very, very strong. In the last maybe four or five games, I think getting that goal has given him the confidence and it's taken his game up another notch. And this is the thing with all these players. There's room for them all to grow. We're not the finished article by any stretch of the imagination, and we're having a really strong season. Yeah, definitely. Um, as Neil said, with when he when he doesn't score or he has an opportunity to score and he doesn't, he, the frustration in his face you can see it because he has such you can see he has high standards for himself and what he's capable of. And the thing is, he's so young, you know, he's got so many years before he hits his prime, you know. So to to be to be coming into a season and doing ten goals, it, mate, he's outstanding in your first season as a, as a, as a young lad. And I think there's so much more from other players like. Jack's been saying in his interviews that, you know, you, you, that's not the best of him yet. Like, he still thinks he's got room to go. He said in he his has. interview with Peter Crouch, he's been um, he's been staying after training with Barkley and pinging free kicks but, uh, based on things that happened during England training where there's six or seven yeah. of them. Good interview that was. Bit. Yeah, unreal interview. And every interview we see, just everybody is expecting more of themselves. You know, we got Esri Konza, Got bags of potential and more, even more to offer. And, you know, he's had an astounding season so far. Again, we're going to see more from him. You know, he's still nowhere near his prime. Matty Cash. He's first incredible. Ball, he's, I think it's only his second season as a right back. What's that mm, about? Yeah. You'd think he'd been playing there his entire career. So then you get the his experience going forward because that's where he's used to playing on the right wing. But defensively, he's brilliant. Matty Target, I, if you'd ask people, end of last season, where do you think we need to improve or add backup options? You know, people would be questioning that the left-back spot was probably one of the weaker the weaker spots in the, in the team. I think he's been outstanding this season. Not even a sniff on who he was last season. He has been outstanding defensively this season. And I think that's also echoed by the work rate of everybody around them. Everybody's pushing each other. You can see that they are a team of players who are a team and teamwork is massively important in it. And you can see that he's just outstanding compared to who he was last season, mate. And that teamwork that you speak about, that, that's what's got us the win today. We're more of a team than Arsenal. I would say Arsenal 
they've got some players with fantastic ability there now. They haven't got that little bit extra that, that I think we've got, and that's why I think we'll, we'll finish ahead of them this season. We've got that we've got that team mentality and that teamwork that, that they'll die for each other and they work so hard. And just going back to Matty Target, I honestly think he... You remember when Jack went on that, that regime with Ollie Stevenson mm. and got himself a bit more hench? Yeah. I think, Tar- I think Target's been on, been on that regime. He looks strong. He looks stronger than he did last season. He looks more robust. And like we, me and Ty were just talking about now, there, there's room for all these players to grow. But they work so hard as well on everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Daddy Stevenson there. Am I right in saying that he's pro- he he could turn out to be one of the best academy prospects that never made it for Villa? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because of, because of the aspect that he that, that he that he's that he has with the strength and conditioning at the moment. Um, look, the the club itself. I think it's it's no secret. The club itself has been pulled. By the by, the bootstrings into the twenty first century. You know, I think the investment, I think the the lack of worry about financial investment from um, that we've ha- would have had previously under Lerner under Tony Ja, and uh, now we we just don't have that anymore. If the club can afford something, the money is there and it and it can be used, and it's been used in the proper things. And um, I may not have been the biggest fan of directors of football or uh, overseeing bodies uh, over a manager and so on. But when you dig into it, Dean Smith's used to it at Brentford. Mm-hmm. I think there's, I think there's a lot of method to a lot of madness that that, uh, that may have gone on over the last two two years. Perslow's come in. The hierarchy is just fantastically situated here at the moment to give a young aspiring player that wants to grow. They're going to give them sports psychology, proper sports psychology. They're going to give them proper sports science. They're going to give them proper strength and conditioning. So if you want to succeed, the club are putting things in place to say you can succeed here. It's not going to be a case of a revolving door. And and, and we've got owners who are here for the long haul. So come come on the journey with us, you know. And and as you said it, that's I think is what we're seeing. Players who are are are, are feeling comfortable and growing. That the manager won't be out the door every six months or every twelve months, and they're not going to be the flavour in a month. So investment in players is only good if you actually the, the monetary investment of players is only good if you actually invest in the players as people themselves. Same as every other business, and I think we're seeing that at the top level of Aston Villa this year. Yeah, can we just get the table back up, please, Adam? I just want to have a, a quick look at that. I didn't I didn't catch much of it. When he was up on on the screen, I've killed him because he just put the stats up, and I've asked, I've asked for the table after he's <laughs> after he's pulled it down. Are we going to yeah. get it? There I it is. I spoke for too long while you had it up. No, no, it's fine. No, you spit for as long as you want, mate. I mean, that is. I mean, we're obviously on here t- today, and we, we get we're talking about a win. We're excited. We come on. We're all a bit giddy. It's, it's live. It's straight after the game. You don't really have time to compose yourself, but we're all very happy and elated with what we've seen today. I think when we. When we lose, it is too over the top at the moment. Social media is very over the top anyway. But we're having an exceptional season. I think in the world at the moment, with it being the way it is, I think with football being one of the only things that's going on in people's lives, I think every loss is heightened. And to an extent, probably every win is heightened a little bit as well. But what did we? how many points did we get last season? Was it 35? We yeah, we're on the same amount of points. We've 17 yeah. games spare. I mean, that's just, that is just madness. So I'm, I'm going to say that. Everything. I'm going to say I'm going to put my house in it. We're not going to get relegated this year, guys. Yeah, I think you're safe. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm okay in saying that at this stage. Yeah, I think I think you're safe. I think that probably also does us for today's show. It's been a pleasure to speak to you both. Obviously, it's always a happier show when we win. We've got to thank Purity, who continue to sponsor these shows all through the season. And if you do want to get some of their, their Villa goods, then go on their website. And if you use the code hashtag VillaView, you'll get 10% off. Quick plug. For the Villa View merchandise as well. Just to see there, there's the 
There's the Jack mug. We've got some mugs. We've got some prints. Go on and have a look and, and help the channel a little bit. We do make a tiny little profit from everything that we sell. So if you fancy going and supporting the channel, you're liking the content, then go on there and support us. Subscribe as well. If you're not subscribed to the Villa View, I keep forgetting to say that at the end of videos. I used to say it religiously at the podcast. And since we've gone to the lives, I think I've said it about twice. So, yeah, go on there. And, uh, and subscribe to us, comment if you've enjoyed the video as well, and give us a like as well if you're happy that Villa have got three points. Thanks very much, Neil. Thanks, Ty. We'll be back with a preview show in the week for the Brian game and, of course, the post-match point next weekend. Have a good rest of your weekend. Up the Villa. Up the Villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.